Welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, pastor at Faith Lutheran Church based out of Shelton, Washington. We're a congregation of the ELCA, a welcoming community, growing closer to and more like Jesus, making Christ known, joyfully serving each other, our neighbors, and all God's creation. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for listening today. Today's gospel reading from Luke chapter 5, Jesus talks about wine and wineskins. Now, I don't know a whole lot about wine myself. I think that red wine goes with beef and white goes with chicken, right? I know that two-buck chuck now costs more like four bucks. David on Schitt's Creek says that he likes the wine, not the label. I also know that if I'm not careful, it's way too easy for me to drink way too much red wine. And all wine, along with other forms of alcohol, are potent. They're both joy-making and potentially dangerous. I know that wine containers have morphed over the years. In Jesus' day, it was kept in leather bags. Glass bottles with a cork became the mainstay for the longest time. And now wine in the store comes in bottles with corks or caps, in boxes and bags, and even aluminum cans. Wine's been around forever. The shape and makeup of the container has always been changing. And this is a metaphor, Jesus says, for the message and makeup of the church. Jesus is the new wine, he says. And new wine always needs new containers, new ways to carry and distribute God's message of love and faithfulness. So today's Will Preach for Food podcast is entitled Uncorked, and it is based on a reading from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. I hope that I'm able today to give you a taste of the richness and fullness of God's amazing love, and I hope we can imagine new ways for each of us to be filled with, to carry, and to distribute God's love to a thirsty and hurting world. So open your Bible to Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. And we pray, Yesu, Yesu, fill us with your love. Show us how to serve the neighbors we have in you. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. And Jesus answered, Can you make friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. And he told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
the Gospel of Luke. It's telling the story of the birth, life, miracles, teaching, suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth 2,000 years ago. A lot has changed in 2,000 years, but some things haven't. Wine, for one, which we'll get to in a minute, but also taxes, and therefore tax collectors. The Internal Revenue Service, I'm sure, was as unpopular then as it is now. Well, the first four disciples that Jesus had called to follow him were all fishermen, Andrew, Peter, John, and James. But today's reading introduces us to the fifth disciple, a tax collector, a government employee named Levi, known in other circles as Matthew. Follow me, Jesus tells him. And Levi immediately takes off his headset, unplugs his computer, abandons his workstation, and follows after Jesus. And the first order of business, it seems, is for Levi to call the caterer and to stage a, a banquet, a party for Jesus and the other four fishermen. Levi invites his now former office buddies to join them. They, in turn, bring their plus ones, and everyone brings a bottle or a six-pack to share, and before you know it, a good time is being had by all. After dinner, the four fishermen had gone outside to get some fresh air. They are met by some local church leaders who were just going home after a Wednesday night prayer service. This is the church night, they complained to Peter and the others. And you and Jesus are attending a party with sinners and tax collectors. Just then, Jesus and Levi had, had appeared through the door. Jesus reads the body language, sizes up the situation, and remarks to no one in particular that, you know, healthy people don't need a doctor, and righteous people don't need a savior. Then he invites those church folks to come on inside and, enjoy, and join him for a glass of wine, or to go on home and to get a good night's sleep. The choice is theirs. Back inside toward the end of the evening, some of Levi's friends get into a religious conversation with Jesus. We notice, they say, we notice that some religious groups do a lot of fasting and praying and that other groups don't. And we're just wondering, what's up with that? Jesus thinks for a moment and then tells them basically it depends on the context. He says there are appropriate times for a person to fast and pray, just not at, say, a Super Bowl party or in the middle of a wedding reception because that's just bad form. And then Jesus waxes philosophical again, maybe once again to no one in particular. He says, if you try to patch an old pair of jeans uh, with a patch cut out from a new pair of jeans, well, you just end up ruining both pairs of jeans. And if you try to contain new wine in old used leather wineskins, those old wineskins are bound to burst and you'll lose both the wineskin and the new wine. There's no way around it, he says. You've got to put new wine in fresh containers. With that, the table gets quiet. Jesus picks up his wine glass, takes one last swallow, looks at his watch. Time to call it a night. We all like the good stuff, he says. And nothing fits like an old pair of jeans. <laughs> and with that, he makes his way to the door. He thanks Levi for the night, gets his coat from the bedroom, and he and the other fishermen head back to Peter's place to crash for the night. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, what do we make of this story? Well, the first lesson is what Jesus tells us himself. You've got to put new wine in fresh containers. Doing things like they've always been duns the break. Uh, <laughs> doing things you, the way you've always done it breaks the container and spills the wine. The God of Israel has been packaged a certain way for centuries, 
And it served, it served God's purpose as well. We call the revelation of God before Jesus the Old Testament. But Jesus is a new vintage, a new cut of cloth. And his expression of the mercy and faithfulness of God requires a new package. Well, a couple years after this party at Levi's place, Jesus is at another dinner party. And this one is decidedly more subdued. It's the night in which Jesus is betrayed. And he's sitting around the table with his now 12 closest followers, including the four fishermen and the tax man. They're celebrating a Jewish festival called the Passover. And Jesus takes bread. He breaks it. He gives it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And again, after supper, the scripture says, he takes a cup of wine. And when he given thanks, he gives it for them to drink, saying, this cup is the new fresh covenant of my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. His wine, his blood is a new covenant, a new testament, new wine, fresh packaging. Jesus pours himself like wine. His blood, his message, his life, it's for you, poured out for you. Like today's gospel reading, Jesus calls you and me, follow me, he says. Welcome me into your heart and into your home, Jesus says. Jesus calls you and me, no matter who we are, independent business owners and government employees and plus ones. Jesus calls you and loves you, whether you like red wine or white wine or even the occasional rosé. Jesus says that he has come to call sinners to repentance, which is a way of saying that following Jesus changes everything. Old wounds are healed, addictions are overcome, and hearts are so filled with love and joy that ain't nobody got time left to point fingers or look down on other people. That's repentance. At the same time, Jesus doesn't force anyone to drink it. Healthy people don't go to the doctor, he says, and righteous people don't need a savior. If you already have your act together and you're pooping a group, then maybe the whole Jesus thing is not for you. Jesus tends to let people make their own choices, to work things out at their own pace. But here is the thing. If there are things in your life that aren't quite the way you, that they're supposed to be, if your poop isn't quite as neatly grouped as you'd like it to be, then I hereby invite you in the name of Jesus to join the fishermen, the taxman, the plus ones, and the rest of us sinners in the journey of faith, following Jesus, being filled with the new wine of Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the amazing love of God. This whole wine metaphor teaches us, I think, the nature and purpose of the church as well. The church is a banquet, not a wine cellar. That is, you and I are called to be vessels brimming with the good stuff, uncorked and always being poured out. The, the gospel is a banquet. The wine belongs in the banquet hall to be shared with the world. See, sometimes the church starts to act more like someone who just likes to collect vintage wine. We bottle up the good news. We preserve it. We store it in a cellar and we bring it out only to special guests on special occasions. That's why this congregation, we don't spend a lot of time talking about saving souls. I mean, of course, we want to make Christ known, and we pray for the, all the world to know and accept Christ as Savior and Lord. 
But the gospel isn't limited to what happens after we die. The, the role of the church is not to get a group of people together and keep them safe. No, no, the role of the church is not to protect Jesus from the world. The role of the church is to pour out the potent, powerful, intoxicating, life-giving wine of the gospel to a dry and thirsty world. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, Jesus says, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus doesn't just do stuff for us. He shows us how it's done. Follow me, he says. Now it's our turn to pour out our lives for others. The last thing I'll say about this passage is how Jesus acknowledges that change is hard. No one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. Which is just another way of saying that nobody likes change, amen? (laughs) Not even Jesus likes change. And the good news that Jesus brings, he realizes, comes at the cost of the Old Testament, of the old way of doing things. And that's sad making for Jesus. But new wine needs new wineskins. Jesus knew this, and we know this. It's true in life. It's true in the church. Every generation has to reform the ways that, that the church bears, breathes, and pours out the gospel. Faith Lutheran Church is at one of those times of transition and reforming. What we did 20 years ago, shoot, what we did 20 months ago, those are old wineskins that have already been faithfully poured out for the sake of the gospel. What does a new wineskin look like? What does it look like to be the people of faith moving forward? And the answer is, I have no idea. (laughs) But this I do know. Today, Jesus has come to us to the tax booth of our lives and says to you and to me, follow me. So let us follow him. Let us be filled with new wine. Let us live uncorked, pouring ourselves out for the sake of one another, for our neighbors, and for all of God's creation. Amen? Amen. Wine has been around forever. The shape and makeup of the container is always changing. And this is a metaphor, Jesus says, for the message and makeup of the church. Jesus is new wine, and new wine always necessitates new containers, new ways to carry and distribute the message of God's amazing love and faithfulness. I hope in today's message I was able to give you a taste of the richness and fullness of God's amazing love, and I hope that we can imagine together new ways for each one of us to be filled with, to carry, and to distribute God's love to a thirsty and hurting world. Jesus, Jesus, fill us with your love and show us how to serve our neighbors. Amen. Thanks for listening, folks. You can go to our website, www.faithshelton.org, to find uh, more resources for growing closer to and more like Jesus. You can find out ways to join a small group, or or maybe you could share your ideas for how faith can can be a a new instrument of God's peace, a a new vessel of the new wine, ways that faith can bless our neighbors. When you go on the website, you can sign up for a weekly email or like us on Facebook. You can make a financial donation to Faith and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you, Chaz, for your pod- podcast production every week. 
And I leave you all with a blessing. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.